Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. As we head until 10 o'clock, 855-839-1210. Coming up on the 24-hour mark, we are just about 24 hours away. Tomorrow, 7.20 a.m., major show announcement. So far, we've established... It is not RFK Jr. to be the new executive producer. <laughs> we should just keep rattling off all the things it's not to get people salivating. Dwindle it down to a few options, and all of a sudden people are like, oh, I think I've got it figured out. You probably don't, but you'll like it. Trust yes. us. Yeah. It benefits the listeners. It does. And, and by the way, not just li- like only Kale and Company listeners, so... Or- 1210 listeners. Okay? Yeah. Everything that we do benefits the audience. Yep. From the content to the contests to the cut sheet. Yep. 855-839-1210. Oh, there's Dorenzo. Still got the mustache going. All right. What's on the cut sheet coming up? 745. I actually had him go get me coffee. I feel so bad because like, he's... You know. Yeah, Anthony, while you're at it. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so wrong. By the way, people were teasing him that with the mustache because he shaved the beard, he looks like either a cop or a porn star. Yeah. <laughs> he well, does have a detective look, doesn't right? he? Detective Durenzo. On the case. Do, do, do. Get my coffee, it's says like Greg law, Stocker. It's like a Law & Order reboot. Dun, dun, dun. Law & Order Philadelphia <laughs> Krasner edition starring Dorenzo, Dom, and Dan. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got the cut sheet. <laughs> We got the Kutchie coming up at 7.45. Also, Vivek Ramaswamy believes the Super Bowl is rigged. Uh, So we will get to that theory of his. (laughs) SNL tried to mock Donald Trump and made a fool of themselves. Uh, And by the way, Colin Yost is coming to this area, the uh, anchor of Weekend Update. Yeah, he's coming to Parks. It's Jost. Is it it Jost? Yes. I thought it was Yost. I thought the J was pronounced like the Y. No. If yeah. you are, if so, if you're Hispanic, it would. Be, I think yes. Okay. The J is the just, y sound. Just call him Mr. Scarlett Johansson. We yeah. call him Mr. Thank Mr. You. Unfunny. How about that? Oh, he's cute. He's yeah. well. Yeah, they're all cute on that show. They just don't make cute. me giggle. He's a Harvard grad. Oh, well, oh wow! That explains. <laughs> that explains why I don't like him. What, what was he, Claudine Gay's coffee boy? I mean, good probably God. he was her personal ca- a cabana boy. Hey, that's right. <laughs> All right. What a cabana boy he would make. Uh, I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> or Stalker. Stalker has a pool boy. Dawn has a cabana boy. I just uh, no, Lair Bear's my cabana boy. Oh, there you go. All right. That's a visual. Oof. How about that? How about that at seven oh four? Poor Larry. Oh. He's like, why do you drag me into this stuff? I, I, I agree with him. <laughs> Lair Bear and his Speedo. Oh, stop. Oh, my God. Stop. I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I, I'll take Lair Bear over that last dude that was on Sports <laughs> Illustrated last week. How about that? I'll ration with you. All right. Let's get to some news. 704, round number two. And for that, we give you Don Stenzel. Yes. And we are sponsored this morning. Thank you to our friends at Piazza Auto Group for sponsoring our news in Kale & Company News Live. I will give you the headline from the Philadelphia Inquirer. A stop and frisk preceded the Philadelphia shooting that left a man dead and an officer shot. So police wa- police watchdogs and neighborhood residents calling on the city to release all the surveillance footage from that deli. So this is this is preceding a planned news conference later today that we're going to hear more. Apparently, D.A. Krasner is on the case. There's a witness, <laughs> I know, and that 
So there is a witness uh, to the shooting that we have been reporting since early yesterday morning uh, to that shooting in Fairhill that left a 28-year-old identified as Alexander Spencer. He died in the hospital later. A police officer was shot in his leg, and the officer has since has just been released from the hospital from the Friday shooting. The report we got initially and what we reported from police witnesses, etc., was that there was there was a situation where the police were called to the scene where ultimately there was a scuffle between Spencer, who is the, the dead man, and an officer or officers and a, a gun went off. Presumably the first shot hit the officer in the leg. Officer returns fire, shooting and killing Alexander Spencer. That's the story that we got. Now there are all kinds of questions with this. And so they're they're claiming that it's because Spencer was playing one of these virtual gambling games in the machine there. There are all kinds of different stories swirling here. There is video from somebody who was inside the store, not the surveillance video, but somebody's from their phone. Telephone, yeah. And it's just a snippet. And we've seen this before where the community gets all riled up because of a snippet off of somebody's phone. Well, we live in a snippet society. <laughs> we, we don't live in a society of full context. We just take a little, you know, we take 12 seconds of three minutes and then we run with it. And it's usually, uh, you know, not contextualized proper, properly. Yeah. So the, the witness is speaking out, saying that he and Spencer complied with the officers, showed their wristbands as they were trying to leave. He claims that the officers grabbed Spencer and attempted to search his jacket. And that, they say, is what led to the struggle. So hopefully they have their body cam on. We don't have that release of that body cam video. We don't have the details, but I will point out to you that the officer who was shot in the leg survived the gunshot. Spencer did not. And this is on the the front of the Philadelphia Inquirer. So here we go. I'm just bracing you for that one. All right, let's get to the other news of the day and and tragic news as we learn new information about the three Patriots killed in that drone attack at a U.S. base in Jordan over the weekend that we've been updating you on. Now we learn that one of those three is identified as a local man from South Jersey. Department of Defense confirming the three fallen U.S. Army Reserve soldiers as Sergeant William Jerome Rivers, who was 46 years old, of Willingboro, New Jersey. We also have Specialist Kennedy Sanders, who was 24, of Georgia. Specialist Brianna Alexandria Moffitt, who was 23 from Savannah, Georgia, and their pictures all across social media. Soldiers died January 28th over the weekend when that when that one-way unmanned aerial system drone impacted their container housing units right near the Syrian border, U.S. military confirms. It's still under investigation, but what we're learning is that the drone, in fact, they had a returning drone, a surveillance drone, coming back virtually the same time as the enemy drone and that's why they didn't of course shoot it down the first question was why wouldn't they just Mm -hmm. intercept the thing right well this is you know typical joe now he's damned either way because of something as simple as him and kamala coming out and saying don't don't yeah really i mean because now you have the white house if they're not strong enough in their response the iranian proxies will probably remain undeterred and continue to carry out these attacks and yet if they're too strong and then biden risks plunging the middle east into a deeper conflict with this country so 
This is what happens when you get weak leadership. You're in, you end up in a spot now where he, he's screwed either way. Yeah, President Joe Biden meeting with security advisors, determining how to respond to the drone attack, the deadly attack in Jordan that killed and wounded uh, U.S. service members. Remember, we still have at least uh, nearly three dozen others suffering injuries. Biden said the U.S. response is likely to be more powerful than previous American retaliatory strikes in Iraq as well as Syria. So we're looking at that and as well looking at the situation with a potential hostage and ceasefire situation between Israel and Hamas. We are being told reportedly they're making some good progress to get things back in shape and lay a foundation for some kind of a ceasefire. Although I heard this morning Hamas has demanded the complete withdrawal of Israeli forces from Gaza. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. Yep. Well, so. I mean, this is this is what happens when you have an empty skull and an empty suit when you're Joe Biden and the way you've handled everything in the Middle East. I've always thought in life you need to have either brains and or balls. Biden has neither. Well, House Republicans holding a markup of their impeachment articles against Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas today and moving closer to taking this historic step of impeaching a cabinet official. This has to do with, of course, the fact that GOP lawmakers say Mayorkas committed high crimes and misdemeanors for his handling of the U.S.-Mexico border, even though several constitutional experts have questioned that, questioned the evidence. So today looks like we will get a vote. Uh, so we're watching that very carefully. Uh, let's look at number three. And, and the final point I'll make to you is that Pennsylvania's highest court, this is making national news because, of course, we are a swing state. Pennsylvania's highest court stopping just short of recognizing abortion access as a right protected by the state's constitution. So ultimately now, this this challenge is teeing us up in Pennsylvania for uh, several rounds of heated legal battles over the future of abortion access in Pennsylvania. At the heart of this, the justices, as they were split in their decision, they sent both the debate over a constitutional protection for abortion access, as well as a different question of whether to strike down the state's limits on Medicaid funding. So in other words, multiple different angles here on this. On one hand, many thinking that perhaps tax dollars and or Medicaid should not fund abortions. On the other hand, the bigger you know question is, should there be constitutional state constitution, constitutional protection for abortion access? So basically it comes down to who should finance the abortion, whether it's tax funded dollars or you paying for it through your own health care. Yes. OK, that's one of them. OK. So there, there, there are layers to this thing, and this is teed up as, and again, we talked about on the, what was that, a week ago Monday, it was the 51st commemoration of the original Roe v. Wade. And we talked about it that Monday morning. Greg referenced it at 6 a.m. So on that Monday, two weeks ago, all the Democrats met. They had all these meetings, especially in Pennsylvania. And so now... You know, I think that the plan unfolds and I think this is this is perhaps part of it. Uh, Why is the U.S. State Department warning people about traveling to and vacationing in the Bahamas? We've got to talk about that moving forward because of so many murders in the Bahamas. What's up with that? And Elon Musk, uh, 
his new brain ship is that uh, he had put out on Truth Social yesterday. I saw this. Neuralink. The first one, dun, the first dun, dun, human dun. has been yes. uh, implanted, correct? Yes. Well, I tell you what, you couldn't pay me enough to stick a chip oh, in my brain. my God. There's no way I'm going through with that. Ten, Nick Kale, $10 million. No. My okay, mom died of ALS Lou Gehrig's. It's a horrible disease where that strikes athletes, athletic, healthy, young people. Elon Musk had said this could provide because it's um, anybody who's had neuropathy, it, it never comes back. Mm-hmm. Once you have that damage, it never comes back. Yeah. And so Elon Musk says, for example, this could be a remedy for people such as with ALS, Lou Gehrig's, mm-hmm. people who are paralyzed. Well, I hope he figures it out. I'm just saying after... Twitter Spaces failed launch after his last space shuttle <laughs> imploded and the Teslas that aren't working in the cold. Yeah. I'm not putting a chip in my brain right now. I'm going to hold off on that. So it's it's experimental, but he said that this patient, okay. the idea is that it your brain can, it's a brain ship that helps you communicate with a computer mm-hmm. and as well overcome neuropathy. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck with it's it. Pretty cool. Yeah. So we uh, have to talk about the forecast. Looks like the sun's going to come out really through Sunday. We do have some days where we're going to have some mild precipitation, but ultimately 42 degrees, partly sunny today. For your tomorrow, for Wednesday, we're looking at 43 degrees. Thursday looks to be the best day of the week, 47 degrees, partly sunny skies. The weekend, by the way, looks sunny with mid-40s, so not a lot of precipitation Pretty much a slightly warmer weather than we're used to for the end of the year. Groundhog Day on Friday. Uh, we should see. It should be a nice day for the groundhog to hopefully predict spring's going to come early. Are we going to take some bets on the show whether or not Puxatani Phil sees his shadow? What's the, what are the odds of it? What, is the groundhog's like 50-50, right? Got to be 50-50, right? Yeah. <sighs> kind of low energy. Six more weeks of winter versus <laughs> what? What's the alternative? <laughs> what a charade. I know. But it's a, they have it's an excuse for a lot of bored people in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, to get liquored up and wear funny outfits. Let's just be real. Well, dry January's almost over. I might join them. <laughs> we we love our friends at Piazza Auto Group. Thank you for sponsoring our news and Kale and Company. Start your New Year adventure in a Defender ninety three point nine percent APR sixty months only for a limited time. Visit Land Rover Westchester, Willow Grove, Wilmington, or Harrisburg for a test drive. Shop online today. Piazza Auto Group, thank you for sponsoring Kale & Company News Live. All right, Don. thank you very much. Fact-checking hypocrisy when it comes to Joe Biden compared to Donald Trump. It's on the way on Kale & Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. The opening line for the Super Bowl is um, San Francisco minus one and a half. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs at plus a one and a half. Also, the odds for Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes at plus 140, Brock Purdy at plus 200, Christian McCaffrey at plus 450, Travis Kelsey plus 2100, Isaiah Pacheco plus 3500, and Debo Samuel plus 3500. Plus, you can also bet on the um, coin toss. Uh, San Francisco at minus 104, uh, Kansas City at minus 104 as well. You can bet all of these and more. Uh, on FanDuel Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. Valley uh, FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. I just gave you a bunch of reasons why you should do it. Now you can bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score, score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets 
if your first $5 bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Greg, FanDuel.com slash Greg to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of Total 10 WPHT, 21 and over, President PA, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issue does not withdraw well bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. As we continue here, Nick Dawn and Greg, 855-839-1210. Super Bowl conspiracies, but first, all it takes is a little due diligence, a little hard work. Doing your job, and you can be a fact checker, but we know there's different rules for different fools, and when it comes to Donald Trump and Joe Biden, there's two different standards and two different policies with you know fact versus fiction. Let me start with this first story. We'll get to Snopes in just a moment, but um, Colin Jost is the weekend update anchor on Saturday Night Live. He's been in that role since 2014. Uh, he's been a writer on the show since 2005. He's actually a year older than I am. He's 41 years old. And I, I've said that sh- the show has been relatively dead for 20 years. I like to fancy myself as a SNL aficionado. I think 75 to 82, the original cast, was the glory days. You had that late 80s run with Eddie Murphy. The early 90s was... You have your timing all wrong. It's 75 to 80, and the early 80s was, was Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was uh he came on in like 81, 80 when or 81. He, when did he leave? And he left in like 84. Okay. Um so that original cast, the Eddie Murphy group, Sandler Spade Rock, the early 90s, uh Mike Myers, those guys. And then like 98 to 02 with Will Ferrell, Jimmy Fallon. And I I've always thought that like you know SNL's a launching pad for your career. It's Hey, get on the show, be on it for five, six, seven years, you know, do your comedy tours, and then try to make it in Hollywood. Colin Jost has been there for essentially 20 years, and, you know, he does local stand-up spots. Maybe that's what his goal is, that's his dream. Maybe he doesn't want to make it big in Hollywood. I don't know. I just don't find him to be remotely funny. He's also the head writer, or he was the head writer, um, or co-head writer. So those jobs, you know, for head writer jobs, last a lot longer than the performers. Pays pretty well, probably? I have no idea. I'm sure he gets paid well, yes. Okay. So he decided to do Weekend Update, and they wanted to talk about Donald Trump and E. Jean Carroll. Not surprised. It was big news. $83 million verdict and ruling. I believe that was prior to the show uh, going on Saturday night. So obviously they're going to work that in. We know they're not going to really talk about Kamala Harris. And every now and then when they do Joe Biden, they do it and it's not funny. But if you're going to ridicule Trump for, quote, basically making up a word that doesn't exist, I don't know. I would think SNL and NBC has a lot of producers, and they could easily find the truth if they want it. Here was Colin Jost on Weekend Update mocking Donald Trump for the term debanking. Hasn't lost a step. (laughs) Trump did have a slight stumble this week while talking about banks, and he introduced an interesting new term called debank. We're also going to place strong protections to stop banks and regulators from trying to debank you. They want to debank you, and we're going to debank... I don't know what the hell debank means, but he might have to take de-ambulance to see the doctor. Not really that funny, in my opinion, to be honest. Um, but you got to be correct when you make the joke. 
Debanking or de-risking is a real term used to refer to banks closing people or organizations' accounts, sometimes without an appeal, after perceiving them to be a legal, financial, or reputational threat. I don't know. I would think Colin Jost might want to actually know and figure out what he's talking about before he makes a joke. Just my two cents. I'm not trying to be a partisan hack here, but, I mean, you don't have to be a financial whiz kid to know that debanking is a real term. Conservatives have been faced with this for a while now. If you actually want to read the story, it's on Fox News, uh, foxnews.com. Conservative groups have uh, accused major banks of debanking them. And I would think that Donald Trump knows a thing or two about the banking industry, considering he's uh, pretty uh, well accomplished in the financial sector. So um, I didn't find that funny, and it's also factually incorrect. But this one is funny when we have to rip Snopes, which kind of, you know, they call themselves like the fact checkers. Mm -hmm. They're like the, uh, the Brian Stelters of the Internet, so to speak. By the way, is Brian Stelter, is he employed yet? Has anybody picked him up after CNN whacked him? I'm guessing the market for he, Stelter is not too high. He works, or he writes for Vanity Fair. He's writing for Vanity Fair? Yeah. Another publication I won't read. Um, so let me get to this picture. Of course not. It's not on social media. Uh, that's correct. Uh, I only have so much time in a day. So let's put up a picture from Snopes. Uh, Phil has the picture. This is Joe Biden um, wearing a hard hat. Now, I, I don't do physical labor, so I you know, I could easily make this mistake as well. Although, I, I, I think I would figure out which way the hard hat goes. That is a factually correct picture. That was Joe Biden uh, as he was in Wisconsin. And he's, uh, you know, he's yucking it up with the everyman. You know, he's trying to pander for votes. I got that. And he put the hat on backwards. Now, this went viral on social media, and everybody kept saying... Uh, that that's realistic. That is a true picture. Snopes comes out after, quote, doing a fact check and says, no, that's fake. That is not a real picture, and he's not wearing the hat backwards. And then they have to reverse course and actually admit, no, that no, Joe did put the hard hat on backwards. And there were pictures side by side the last time Trump was in one of these settings you know, pandering for votes with the working man. And Trump had the hard hat on properly. Back to the back, front to the front. So, like, I, it's, it, it amazes me that we live in a world where they love the fact, Trump, fact check Trump every single chance they get. Yet when they try to mock him on SNL, they don't even realize debanking is a real term. And then the fact checkers of society, which I hate the entire industry... Let people figure out what's real or not. Let people believe whatever they want. If you're going to claim that you are the truth, can you get it right and not have to reverse course here? Snopes. I don't even know what Snopes is. I just found out about <laughs> Snopes with this story. Oh, you're kidding. No, I have no idea what Snopes is. I'm not interested in fact checkers. <laughs> well, in new, I mean, I maybe because of my news background, but they they usually... Go through and are usually in the past we're we're pretty pretty spot on yeah with taking you through and saying here's what was said here's what we found etc cetera, etc. Cetera. What I was disappointed is even in this one they said something like well in our in our opinion or now it's like the way they feel it's like what mm -hmm. you guys never did that before what yeah. what is that and yep. then as far as the debanking and I know. Greg Gutfeld was yesterday, he was talking about it. He was cute because 
he's he's a funny guy and he he gets comedy writing that it, it's a funny it's a really funny joke called the doctor it's so they thought oh that's so funny called the doctor it's a fu- it's a funny joke except for the fact that there really is such a thing so the joke's on you mm-hmm. so but i think that they don't care i think that they actually think uh doesn't matter because they're going to laugh and they're going to trust and they don't actually care that debanking is a thing and that's scary to me because i thought immediately we covered this it was almost a year ago it was mid-february when those canadian truckers remember this oh it was we, we, remember yes and the and they were they were basically freezing their bank accounts All of their assets. remember yes and we were in america i mean for, i guess only conservatives knew about this or paid attention mm-hmm because we were like, oh my goodness. You know, the, the sad part is, it just goes to show you how we're, like, basically in our own little silos, right? Like, the, the NBC crowd that's there, that live audience for SNL, they laughed, they yucked it up. They probably thought Trump really did just create a term, because Trump comes up with things sometimes, like nicknames and stuff like that. So probably, I bet you 85% of those people didn't even know that debank was a real term. And if you brought up that story about the Canadian truckers to that crowd, mm-hmm. 9 out of 10 of them would probably be like, what? When was that? Oh, yeah. I didn't hear about that. So that's scary. But that's why we hear, because sometimes, you know, somebody on social media will say, well, Nick and Greg, why are you playing Rachel Maddow? Or why are you playing Dawn? Why are you talking about what Mika and Joe are? T-? That's why we do that. Because we, I'm always curious, what is, what are they saying over there? I think it's important to, to look at that. And it's not really a conversation, but at least we're trying to under, get into their brains and like, figure out well how are they thinking what are how are they seeing this they as far as the left they hate us they want to cancel us on the right and they don't they don't care on the left what the heck the truth is or what we think they don't care let me uh let me just speak for myself i play the stuff because i'm entertained by it (sighs) entertainment well, that's, I don't. That's it. That, okay. I, I play the stuff because I'm entertained by it. You do what you do. I play the stuff because I'm entertained by well, it. Well, you think it's good radio. And you're exactly. just trying to play what... For me, it's not idea. entertainment. It's life. Okay. It is life. Okay. Remember, we're in He's... the radio business, my love. This is radio, people! <laughs> <laughs> Colin Jost. We but need, this we is need, important. We need a D-Bank weekend update. Peter S. says, It would be funny if the workers told him the wrong way to wear the hat to F with him. Like oh my Joe, gosh. Joe put the hat on this way, and he put it on. Could very well be. That would be amazing. Could very that. well be. There's no way Joe put that on knowingly, thinking that was correct. That's my point. Well, he has the 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 little piece. The li- Phil, can you put it up again? Yeah, doesn't that go to the back of your skull? Yeah, that little piece. That, that little like plastic, plastic piece. Strap. You, you can tell how how hard workers we are. We're yeah. Like you know that plastic piece yeah, yeah, in the that, that little, in the in the helmet. Little there. strap there. Yeah, it's it's uh, like. It's on his Doesn't forehead. Doesn't somebody say... <laughs> Look at that. And he's got that grin on his face like he doesn't know where... He doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> you know what? Peter has a good point, though, because if you're there with him, and even you're that worker, you're going, oh, oh Mr. President, you know. Yeah. But the, they must... They were kind of getting a chuckle out of it. Oh, of course. If I were smart, <laughs> I'd say thank you and leave. Yes. 
and you should leave. All right, coming up next, we'll work our way towards what's on the cut sheet. That's going to be my new favorite Biden drop, by the way. I'm just telling you right now, you're going to hear a lot of that in the next coming weeks. Uh, Super Bowl conspiracy theory, according to Vivek Ramaswamy. We're back after this, Kale and Company. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. But first, let me tell you about my friends at the Piazza Auto Group as we ring in the new year. You know, we can do that for the month of January. It's a month-long celebration, and our friends from Piazza Premium Automobiles want to wish everyone a happy 2024. And they're excited. Why? Well, because unlike a lot of companies and businesses, they're actually expanding. They're welcoming in new members to their family of dealerships, Infinity Ardmore and Maserati of the Main Line. Both located on Lancaster Avenue, where you're going to receive the same first-class customer experience that you have come to expect from Piazza Premium Automobiles. You can find your new or certified pre-owned Infiniti, Maserati, or other Piazza luxury brand like Jaguar, Land Rover, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, and more. Check them out online at one of their spots at uh, PiazzaPremiumAutos.com or stop by one of their dealerships. So many places that you can check out in the Delaware Valley. You're never more than minutes away from a great Piazza location. PiazzaPremiumAutos.com. Tell them Nick Kale sent you. This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's been a good run for conspiracy theorists the last three years, hitting on a handful of things that the mainstream media tried to criticize you for and say you were off your rocker. And uh, it turned out that a lot of these things that we've talked about since 2020 have turned out to be either completely true or partially true. But um, Mr. Ramishwamy, I got to take Vivek to task here. Um, I appreciate the, uh, the attempt here, Vivek, but it's not going to fly. It's because logically it doesn't make sense. So Vivek Ramaswamy comes out. Um, I believe this was on the 29th. Today. Yeah, this was yesterday. And he tweeted the following. He said, I wonder who's going to win the Super Bowl next month. And I wonder if there's a major presidential endorsement coming from an artificially culturally propped up couple this fall. She's re- he's referring to Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Just some wild speculation over here. Let's see how it ages over the next eight months. So he believes that the NFL is rigging the Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs. So we have now slid our conspiracy from it's going to be Baltimore and San Francisco because there's a purple and red logo for Mm. Super Bowl 58. Oh, yeah. I guess Lamar Jackson and the Ravens didn't get the rigged memo because they played like crap. (laughs) So now we move from that conspiracy to the Taylor Swift conspiracy. If the NFL wanted Taylor Swift, they could have picked her to perform at the halftime Super Bowl show, right? Instead of Usher? Well, except they pay pay for it. You pay for it when you perform. She's uh, going to be in Tokyo. Oh, that night. she's going to be in Tokyo. Scheduling conflict. Well, well, she'll be in Tokyo, but there, there's still a way because Tokyo is either I don't know behind us or ahead of us or something. Mm-hmm. It's you know, so they are. Uh, she can still make it to the Super Bowl if right. she wants to. You know, it's just amazing to me that we we just automatically think that the NFL needs Taylor Swift. She's been a hell of a bonus for the NFL. I gave you that yesterday. $331 million worth of exposure for the NFL, for the networks, for the teams, for merchandise. I mean, she has made the league and its partners a lot of money and a lot of attention. But she's still just an added bonus. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes 
don't need Taylor Swift to get to the next Super Bowl. They're the next Belichick and Brady. And the NFL, think about this, is bulletproof. The only time the NFL has ever slipped up was the Kaepernick social justice Mm -hmm. uh, messaging stuff. And they recovered from that. I I just want to put this into context for for maybe those that don't pay attention to sports like, like I do outside of politics. There's no need for the NFL to rig anything. Major League Baseball, a lot of baseball fans in our audience, you need certain markets in the World Series. The Yankees, the Cubs, the Dodgers, the Red Sox. You don't want Tampa Bay and Kansas City in the World Series. Nobody cares about them. The NBA needs big-time star power. Joel Embiid, LeBron James, things like that. They don't want to have the underdog in the NBA Finals because they market stars. Baseball markets markets. And the NFL, they could trot out anything they want. Green Bay, what's Green Bay's population? 1,400 people? (laughs) At Pittsburgh, what are they, 3,200 people? It's about these... Mar- these. The NFL is so far and above everything in sports. Then what about Deflategate? You mentioned Brady and Belichick. Why mm-hmm. did they deflate their balls then? <laughs> Deflategate. It, you can. Oh, boy. And then they deflated like their balls. Rock. Well, because they were looking for... True a, story. Well, yeah, yeah. They were looking for a competitive advantage. They were cheating. Okay. The, the, NFL, the NFL didn't rig it for them. Well... Why I mean, did they? I don't know. Did they know? No, they, they didn't. Wait a minute, what did Dawn. they know? Wait a minute, Don. You believe the NFL is rigged? <laughs> Nothing would surprise me. <laughs> oh my god! That, 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 Nothing would surprise that, me. That is a fair. That is a fair way to characterize it. But here's why I don't believe it is: the NFL commissioner Roger Goodell makes over thirty million dollars a year. These owners, Jeffrey Lurie in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. they're all printing money hand over fist, yep. great TV contracts, revenue sharing. All And the NFL is one of these things where you could be an owner for a bad franchise, and you could be bad for a long time, and you never go out of business. You just keep pouring in the money. So and they it, protect each other. Okay, so let's... So nobody suspected Deflategate. Nobody thought with Belichick and Brady... No. It was just a cheating scandal. That's all it, that was. Because if you tossed us the football and we felt it, we wouldn't know the difference in, like, a few PSIs of the football being deflated. Like, it was like, you got to be like Tom Brady. you got to be gripping balls a lot to know notice that. The average folk wouldn't even know that the ball was slightly deflated. It's not like it was like a, like a kid's basketball in a garage that all of a sudden loses, like, half of its air and you can't bounce it. Um, but the thing is with this... The NFL is now in bed with all the sports books. FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM. The NFL, think about the risk reward. The NFL could make a little bit more money with Taylor Swift, or they could lose their whole blueprint by rigging the sport. Are they really willing to get, risk maybe a 10% gain with Taylor Swift versus having their entire entity collapse around them? And oh, by the way, if you lose the integrity of the game, and that's why a lot of these leagues were like always worried about getting in bed with gambling because the last thing they want is to have their sport viewed like WWF wrestling, scripted. NFL's not rigged. The NFL doesn't need uh, Taylor. You know Swift. what? Where there I will just say this. Where you have money, men, and greed, meh. That's nothing that's surprises fair. me. There's a lot of money here and there's a there's a real tight little club here. There are a lot of controversies involving. Remember Spygate? What about Spygate? Again, cheating. Spygate was okay, baseball, wasn't it? No, no. Spygate was the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they did before they played the Eagles. I thought that was the Houston Astros and stealing. Signs. Well, they they, they stole signs too. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah. But but where does the conspiracy like where so like the teams are in on this? They they uh, probably the league and the referees. What, they take money to okay. The I'm league and the referees where, giving be, Kansas City the benefit of the doubt to ensure. But if you watch that game on Sunday, the Baltimore Ravens were awful. They were all they scored ten points. Was it rigged? So uh, last week when we were talking about the conspiracy because of the the colors of the Super Bowl was the Ravens and the yeah. 49ers. That conspiracy just f- flew by the wayside. Now there's a new conspiracy. Right. Well, you got to shift. You got to move the goalposts. Gotcha. Okay. And a lot of this is happening. And I'm t- I'll tell you what it is. And it, I have no problem saying it. Vivek Ramaswamy just is probably p- looking at it from the standpoint of Taylor Swift is a liberal and Travis Kelsey's pimping Big Pharma. That's that's what he. I mean, that's what that's what the gripe is, right? Like, oh, here comes Travis Kelsey. What has he been endorsing this year? Bud Light and Pfizer. What is Vivek Rail against? Yeah, I mean it, it, it's obvious. Well, like, come on, come, the NFL's rigged. Nah. I I don't. Again, to me, it's risk reward. What what's the payoff of that? Like Taylor Swift, we make an extra four hundred million. You know, we get a, a slight boost. It's the most watched television broadcast of the year, with or without Taylor Swift. Apparently, yes. Um, at the Ravens game, somebody came up to because uh, it was it was a CBS game. Boomer Esiason and. Um, What's the coach? The former Bill Cowher. Yeah, and was just like yelling at them about how the NFL was rigged, and Boomer was ready to punch him in the face. <laughs> there, there's, there's a lot of people that believe. I mean, this is not just Vivek Ramaswamy, by the way. There's a lot of people that think like sports is rigged for a certain outcome for the benefit of you know those that benefit the most from this: the league and the owners and the TV and networks. So boxing, I, just, I could see, would be like the one thing that I could see. You know, why that one thing? Again, I'm going to say it. You look at the NFL, you've got television contracts, you've got what you said with betting, you've got all these filthy rich billionaire men, owners, all these guys. There's so much greed mm-hmm. going on here. And and you're telling me that nobody suspected all these different situations happening. I, I just think it's not so far-fetched Poll question. as we may think. I think we should put up a poll on YouTube. Yeah, but, yeah, but this the problem with putting a poll up on YouTube, like everybody in the chat is going, of course it's right, of course it's right. <laughs> this, this conspiracy lives online. Mm-hmm. And and where do people watch us on YouTube? Online. Okay. So this is, a, this, is a, this is a social media conspiracy. I mean, I can understand if, you know, if, if it was a, a god-awful team. But, I mean, like, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, they're kind of good. <laughs> like, I, I don't think it's a conspiracy to think that, like, the new dynasty is back in the Super Bowl yet again. Imagine if this was the Cowboys. Now, if you want to make the argument that the NFL would love to have the Cowboys back in the Super Bowl, I agree with you there. Would they rig it in favor of the Cowboys? How, and that's a, how about that? If the NFL was rigged, don't you think the Dallas Cowboys would have been in the Super Bowl once in the last 30 years? How long How long has it been rigged? I'm curious. Like, like, how far does this go back? How many players are involved? What about Joe Namath back in the day? Guaranteed the Jets would win the big game. Look at and you. they did. Circa 1968-69. so dumb. You just made Phil in the back very happy. <laughs> it's the last time the Jets won anything. <laughs> I wasn't even born. Look, I I, I love a good conspiracy. Oh, I know so do people I. are. I know people are like, oh yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't care. It's just a it's just a fun debate. I'm just, but sa- it's not true. The NFL's not rigged. It's, it's just not. ridiculous. It's I ridiculous. think there's a potential for this, and I I'm just by who 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 I think that where I think that where there is uh, where there is this level of money. 
and greed and insiders, these elite, rich, mostly men yep. who rule this thing. You're telling me, wink, wink, that there are some things that they know go on reportedly because they're in a pretty tight-knit group. And you're telling me that they don't suspect this one or that one. I'm not saying – now, as far as Andy Reid, I mean, I know him. I, I love Andy Reid and his wife, Tammy Reid, and the – you know, from his days here. So he's, he's not a, in it because you no. know him and love him. And he's a, he's a man of integrity. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so Andy Reid is a man of integrity. Because you know him and love yes. him. Everybody else, though, is in it. Andy Reid's what a about man the of Eagles? Are, are the Eagles involved and in this, And I think too? Jeff Lurie Jeff and his Lurie's lovely in... wife, I think they're fine. The, they're fine, Jeff, too. Okay. Yeah, so I trust the ta- them. Take away, the takeaway here is that basically <laughs> Dawn does not trust straight white cis men with lots of money. She no. thinks that they're greedy. No, it's not all of them. Not all of them. I'm. I trust the Luries and I and I trust Andy Reid. I just love, how, but I don't trust the rest of them. I just love how w- when one conspiracy turns <laughs> out to be true, they just move on to another one. Like the everybody was talking. Even Aaron Rodgers was talking about the fact that there were, uh, you know, the uh, the colors in the Super Bowl are determine yeah. the outcome. Then all of a sudden, that didn't prove to be true, mm-hmm. so we just moved on to something else. Oh, it's got to be Taylor <laughs> Swift now. Right. Who gives a <laughs> about Taylor Swift, honestly. <laughs> I like Taylor Swift. She's horrendous. <laughs> I like Taylor Swift. Look, she's in love. I, she's I hope good for she's her. a dope. She's not a dope. She'll be divorced in eight months. Thank God. Aww. And she'll be. And I mean, she'll write a song about Travis Kelsey. I saw one of the. We gotta get to the cut sheet in a moment. But <laughs> I saw yeah, one of the. Gr- I saw one of the greatest memes of all time. Uh, there was a meme on social media of Taylor Swift. Uh, of course, Taylor Swift would endorse Joe Biden. Ninety-five percent of her songs are about picking the wrong man. Oh, I love it. <laughs> That's true. And with that, we get to the cut sheet. Oh, God. I saw a video online of... Oh, stop living online. Stop living online. It's not real life. Thank you. Good God. What's on the cut sheet is sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. Right now, you can get a sensational 2023 S60 courtesy of Volvo for less than $29,000. That's the problem with conspiracy theories is once, once you're invested in one... You, you have to believe all of them. You, go down you know what I mean? Hole. And there are some conspiracies, and a lot of them, that turn out to be 100% true. So I get it where you're saying, hey, you know what? My rate in uh, knowing uh, or, or uh, predicting this is really accurate, so why not believe that? But sometimes you have to just say, hey, this one might be a little far-fetched. Mm-hmm. It's a great premise for a movie. <laughs> These beautiful Volvos have less than 5,000 miles. Hurry to Cherry Hill Volvo today to get yours. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Check them out on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo, thank you for sponsoring. Sorry for my little conspiracy rant in there. Because I, look, I'm, I'm a guy who loves conspiracy theories. I do. Mm-hmm. I'm a big conspiracy theories guy. But I've got my thoughts. Not this one. All right. Um... You mentioned this earlier, Nick Hale. This was uh, E. Jean Carroll was on with the Rachel Maddow program last it's, night, it's and awful. She so this is, uh, I mean, you know, like yes, we can joke around and talk about you know funny things like conspiracy theories, but like this is this is disturbing because first of all, I am not making any accusations, but if you listen to E. e. Jean Carroll's speech in this, she seems to me like she is. I don't know. <laughs> She's she doesn't sound uh, her speech sounds a little off. Well, mm-hmm. let me yeah. just say that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Rachel Maddow asks uh, what uh, what she says that she's going to help women's causes with the eighty three million dollars that she won from the uh, Trump defamation case. Female rights. What will she do with that? Will she do it to help further, uh, as she says, women's rights? This is what she says. This is cut thirteen. Phil, go. Our rights. You've talked about using some of. Trump's money that you're about to get um, to help shore up women's rights. Do you know what that might be? What that might look like? Yes, or, Rachel. Yes. Tell me. I had such such great ideas <laughs> for all the good I'm going to do with this money. First thing, Rachel, you and I are going to go shopping. We're going to get completely <laughs> new wardrobes, new shoes, motorcycle for Crowley, new wow. fishing rod for Robbie. Rachel, what do you want? Penthouse. <laughs> It's yours, Rachel. Penthouse and uh, France. You want France? You want to go fishing nope. in France? No? Oh, oh, oh yes. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's a joke. <laughs> Although, if, if me fishing in France could do something for women's rights, I would take the hit. You know, I would obviously take one. So, uh, by the way, wow. I think those were her attorneys sitting Sing. next to her. Yes, so, oh, by the way, that's a joke. <laughs> Uh, you know, to qualify. So female rights, women's rights, E. Jean Carroll's going to take, as Rachel said, uh, oh Trump's God. money. It wasn't the, the money that you won in the suit mm-hmm. or your award. You're going to take Trump's money. And what are you going to do with that? Are you going to fight for Title IX? Are you going to join Riley Gaines in protecting females from biological males in sports? Maybe you're going to advocate for something on you know, pro-choice and abortion. All the things that could possibly fall under female rights, but we're going to bu- we're actually going to buy France for Rachel Maddow. I know what a lot of people are thinking, so I'll just say it. There's a lot of people out there that are very skeptical of E. Jean Carroll and the uh, the validity of what she's claiming. And I don't know how a female sh- should react or would react from a trauma if, in fact, that happened. But that that right there makes her less credible post verdict, in if, my opinion. If I were, and I'm not a female, so I, I'm you know, right. I can't speak for a female, but like, but but like, if I'm a female and I was sexually assaulted, raped, whatever the claim was, and it was such a traumatic experience for me, so much so that I had to sue. I don't know if I would take that, you know, take that jokingly and yeah. and just say, hey, you know what, you know, this was a this was a good day for justice. I'm going to make sure that I pump money into whatever plant, whatever the cause is that you think furthers your, you know, helping women, maybe, he- you know, maybe helping uh, rape survivors or whatever. Instead, she jokes about it like she's a mental patient. It's like a joyous victory lap. I, I, I mean, again, I, I don't know what the setting should be and what the response should be, but that doesn't that that misses the horrendous. Mark. That is a horrendous and and ra- shame on Rachel Maddow for like giggling. Oh yeah, she y- oh like she it. yucked it up. Oh well, because well, I mean she despises Trump as much as Carol does. So they're all just sitting there, kind of having their having their tea and their crimpets and then having a you know a little uh, a little soiree, a little fun time. Dawn, your thoughts? Does that miss the mark there as a female? Yeah, it's there's just something about it that is I think is a is a turnoff, and I think it's just awkward and you can and you can sense that when you when you watch it and her attorney tries to interject and even rachel maddow seems a little bit (laughs) she's like oh my god it just feels very awkward and um i think it misses the mark if i were the attorney i would advise her 
Let's not do any more media. Yeah. Take your money, lay low, get out of the limelight. Um, Here's the million dollar question. And I think this is the way you have to position this moving forward strategy wise, because I saw a lot of people responding to this saying this should be where Trump takes this clip and uses it to show that she's deranged. She's not with it. And she's full of crap. I don't know that that's the right move. So my question it's is, not. if you're Trump, do you just lay low with this and you avoid bringing this up anymore? Or do you take this and look, if you are a man and you are of the belief that you did nothing wrong, it's hard for somebody that's not in that person's shoes to tell you what you should or should not do in the defense of yourself, even after we've gone through all the civil stuff and all the legal stuff criminally, and this thing is now officially in the books, you know, barring you know the appeal. Do you just let it go and use restraint? Discretion's the better part of valor because he could actually counter and fire back with this, but it could go to further hurt him even more. What's the strategy if you're Trump here in an election? His attorneys can certainly use this for part of their appeal. They can take her writings from her books, that weird interview she did back in the day with Anderson Cooper on CNN. Where she said rape is sexy. Where Yes, where she said it's sexy and this whole weird thing. And even Anderson Cooper was like, okay, we're going to take a break. And, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a bizarre moment. So they can take all of that and put that into the appeal. Anything she says can and will be used against her. If I'm her attorneys, I'm just saying, Mr. President, remember when you listened to your generals and let them deal with and wipe out those terrorists with the Moab? Why don't you just trust us? You campaign. You do you. Don't talk about her. Don't talk about this. We've got you. We've got this. Put the best attorneys on it. Let them deal with it. Okay. So handle it legally, but politically, just leave it go. Yep. Don't talk about it. The problem is, is every time he says anything about her, her lawyers get transcripts of it and they go back to court. That's so, why he yeah. shouldn't say a word. Yeah. I, I agree nope. 100%. I just think that, that they should MSNBC should be ashamed of yeah. that interview mm-hmm. because it is like – I look, I, being the interviewer, I understand you're in a weird spot where you don't really – you know what I mean? Like, like you, you don't know how – to react to something like that but rachel maddow like you know fights tears back because democracy is in danger mm-hmm. and she uh, doesn't air his victory speech i would f- i feel like if 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 she's in that situation you should say something like you know i know you're joking but obviously this was a traumatic experience like try and bring it back to something that like that just looks like hey right. uh, i won this defamation case now now i'm going Woo-hoo! shopping mm-hmm I mean, yeah. talk about setting women back, I right? Know. I, I know. mean, come on. I've, and I've got to imagine, and this is just a presumption on my part, but I've got to imagine there are actual women out there that have been raped that will see that clip and be like, that doesn't speak for me. No. Right? Yep. Well, that's why I think I think Rachel Maddow and her wish, Rachel Maddow is a smart cookie. She, in that moment, did try to take it back and say, well, if I could go fishing for whatever, yeah. for women's rights and so on and so forth. So she tries to elevate the conversation. But I think in that moment, to me personally, when I look at it and analyze it, she knew it was it was all pretty cringy, yeah. cringeworthy, you know? Yeah, I 
uh, but I, you know, I don't know because I didn't watch the entire interview. But I feel like maybe she should have come back after the interview, after her uh, her guests were gone there, mm-hmm. and just say, you know, like obviously she was joking about that. I know yeah. the lawyers tried to say that, but um, it just makes you seem less credible when mm-hmm. you say now, you know, now I'm going shot. Now I'm going to Disney World. Well, you she know allows I mean? like, she allows her Trump derangement syndrome to affect yep. her her judgment on the set as well. Yeah, she sounded a little cheerleaderish. No, no. I mean, mm. she she sounded a little off in that. I, yeah. I I have no proof of anything. So it's kind of like, a, like um, an awkward laugh. I don't know. She like just, an uncomfortable she's giggle. Very like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. She sounded very. I don't know. Oh, you're referring to Carol. Yeah. Okay. In other in one. other interviews I've heard from her, she was much more subdued. I'm going to play another one right now. She was on. She made all the rounds yesterday oh, on all the cable news shows, all the uh, morning shows. This was her on CBS News. Um, she says that she's open to campaigning for uh, Joe Biden for the Joe Biden campaign, and you can see this happening, right? Like they trot her out, and um, yeah, I don't know. This is cut seven. Phil, go. Point. You've said that when you've actually faced the man, he's just a man with no clothes on. Yeah. It's the people around him that are giving him the power. What do you mean by that? Well. Hans Christian Andersen's great fairy tale, The Emperor Has No Clothes, that is written about Donald Trump. It's just, we're the ones who clothe him in all this power. Mm. He has none himself. It's his followers. It's his hangers-on. In the court, they were strutting back and forth and handing him messages. It was, right, Robbie? Ms. Yeah. Mm. Curry, you say he's nothing. You say the emperor has no clothes. The emperor is trying to run for president yes. again. And, and right and, now is leading. And right now, the polls suggest uh, it's a <laughs> coin flip. It's very close. Um, have you heard from Joe Biden's campaign arm about potentially campaigning against the former president, Donald Trump? No. Are you interested in doing so? Do anything I can. Mm-hmm. That's a yes. No. What was it? Boy, I tell you what, wow. if, if the Trump, if the Biden administration starts trotting out Taylor Swift and E. Jean Carroll, <laughs> I mean, that's going to be a tough one to overcome. Although I would say, if the Biden administration never approaches E. Jean Carroll, I think that also speaks volumes. That maybe, even though I'm sure the Biden administration loves the fact that she got $83 million, that maybe even the Biden administration will be like, she might not come off completely credible and with it. Yeah, and she she got an $83.3 million ruling by a jury. She'll never see that money. Yeah, I don't. I don't think she will either. I mean, those things can get tied up for a long time. She's Much eighty years being, old. Yeah, yeah it's, it, this will be caught up in appeal, and I predict it'll be overturned on appeal because of all the antics that we've talked about and that I've reported as far as the judge, the case, everything. How old did you say she's eighty? I believe she's eighty. Yeah, yeah, she's not going to. She looks fabulous for you know eighty eighty years. She's had a great life and. It's just the problem I see with it, in all honesty, is that, for example, Trump's testimony in defense, when his attorney puts him on, he wanted to be there to answer for himself, and the judge muzzled him, and and his own testimony, if, if you're, no matter what anybody thinks about anybody, if you go to court in a civil case, you should be able to speak to that jury and say your piece and let that jury, you know, consider what you're saying oh i agree they were completely muzzled in that situation not just trump but his attorney and the judge kept even interrupting the attorney all of that is cause for concern well that's why haba came out of the courtroom that day so so ticked off walking down the court steps 
I mean, she was like, I've never seen this permitted in any case I've ever tried yeah. before a judge. And we've jury. never seen this before. Yeah. Uh, speaking of MSNBC, during a hot mic uh, last night, Joy Reid dropped an F-bomb. <laughs> she, was oh playing, she was playing a clip of Joe Biden uh, talking about sealing the border. And uh, she says, and I quote, you're going to get us into another effing war. Ooh, Joy, you can't say that. you got to play your role on TV. Um, they immediately cut her mic. I obviously had to beep it because of the freaking FCC. Yep. Um, but um, they immediately cut her mic, so you hear like a silence, and then she comes back on. I think she after, even like, says, happened. you kind of hear a little bit of her at the end saying to dump it. Like she knew that she was like, whoops. No, I, no I didn't hear that. I did not hear that. I think I hear the D word at the end. All right. Uh, let's let's check this out. Uh, uh, this is cut 11. Phil, go. Congressional Republicans love to latch on to President Biden and Democrats' successful policies and take credit for things they didn't do, while tying themselves into pretzels to do nothing for the American people for the sake of Donald Trump. Case in point, fixing what they say is a crisis at the border. With congressional negotiators continuing work on a bipartisan deal to tie border policy changes to funding for Ukraine. Over the weekend, President Biden said he's ready to take action if Congress is serious about solving the border issue. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. And Congress needs to get it done. Starting another war. Still trying to kill the deal. He bragged about blocking progress and said, please, please blame him if it fails. Meanwhile, the main Republican negotiator on border security, Oklahoma. Wow. Go Start it right where Joe is on his little high yeah, horse, yeah. where he's all that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. And Congress needs to get it done. Starting another f***ing war. <laughs> dump. Dump, dump, dump that, Bobby. Dump that. I didn't realize my mic was hot. Damn it. I gotta say, you know, as a programmer, like, w- w- that is way more interesting than anything she says on MSNBC. So, like, why dump that? Because, I get it. Because she knows that Joe's actually going to get us into World War Three, and she's positioning it on television like it's not the Democrats' fault, that it's, but it's always Republicans' fault. But it's cable news. You, like, you're not, you don't have the same regulations that broadcast news does. So, like, they can, they can curse. Really? Yes. Wait, yes, they can curse. She could drop the F-bomb yes. and not be dumped. Yes. Yes. I cable never... is not the same as... Cable is not the same as 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 regular quote unquote regular TV. Okay, so so then I guess the difference would be like, so you're saying there's a difference between what Joy Reid can get away with versus let's say if I'm watching um, a wrestling broadcast and the crowd's chanting an f bomb and they keep bleeping it out. Yep. There's a difference there. So what 100%. is that? That what is that? Cable versus network? Well, the WWE does it because they're trying to target a younger audience. Okay. Now. But back in the Attitude Era, when they were trying oh, to, yeah, yeah. To, to, to target 18 to 49-year-olds, they didn't dump anything. I would have thought all these news networks have to dump that stuff. No. 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 Okay. It's not. Actually, the one, the ones who are the most strict about it, the radio. The radio. Oh, Like, well, if we yeah. would air something like that, there'd yeah. be fines, there'd be this, there'd be that. Yeah, People you're diving writing. for the dump button. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, cable does not have the same rules and regulations that... Uh, "Quote unquote regular Boy. TV does not a, not a good night for MSNBC. It also is is a window into what they really think. You know what I mean? Like she, she's the progressive, she's the progressiveest of all the progressives. You know what I mean? And if that's what she's thinking, like, dude, you're going to get us into another effing war. Mm-hmm. 
Like that's the that's the mindset of a lot of people, I would think. Oh well, the, I I think you're a thousand percent correct. There's a, ma- a majority of Americans don't want to be in a war at all. Yep. Yeah, short short of the Lindsey Grahams of the world, they can't get enough of it. And the war machine, they, most Americans want nothing to do with this. Yeah. Um, hang on a second. I'm trying to. Well, Nikki Haley too. She loves a good war. My uh, <laughs> uh, my thing froze. Your thing froze. Your thing froze. Yeah. Oh. Anthony, get in here <laughs> no, and help Greg with his thing. Anthony, you are fired. Um, <laughs> speaking of war, speaking of war, let's go back in the Wayback Machines to 2020. Mm-hmm. When Joe Biden said this of Donald Trump, this is cut 14, Phil, go. The world has changed because what Trump has done. And the American people, including independents and some Republicans, know how bad he is, know how much he's misrepresented, know how he's getting close to getting us in a war. I said, as the walls close in on this man, I'm worried he's going to get us to war in Iran. Unfortunately, I may have been right. The fact of the matter is there's a lot at stake in this election. So as the walls close in on Joe Biden's terrible economy, terrible border, you know, legal stuff with his son, Joe Biden's going to get us into World War III with Iran. I've actually, I found this last night when, when these, uh, I guess the news was coming out that, you know, Biden could retaliate within the next few days, according to a report, which, by the way, always nice when that stuff comes out. Why don't we just tell Iran where and when we'll actually do it? So there's no element of surprise. We'll give him advance notice, like a 48-hour warning. But I've got a tweet in my hand right here from Trump. And it's time-stamped January 17th of 2012 at 3.53 p.m. It says, at Barack Obama will attack Iran in order to get reelected. Trump was only off by one term, basically. <laughs> or the third term for Obama. Funny. He's, he's, like, these are the things. Like, he's gonna, like, he never gets credit for these types of prognostications. And here's Joe, and uh, here comes WW3. Uh, by the way, streaming live on YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Please, if you're watching now, hit the like button. And if you've not done so, please hit the subscribe button. And also, I think there's a little bell thing there that you can click on to make to, to alert you uh, when uh, us or one of the other shows goes live. So please, there, there you go. So please uh, do that. Also, uh, while I'm in the pimping mode, um, <laughs> if you have not done so and you're listening to us on the Odyssey app, which many, many, many of you are, up in the upper right-hand corner of the Talk Radio 1210 uh, screen, there's a follow button. Just make sure you click on that and make sure you're following uh, the radio station. It helps us tremendously when you do that, so please do that. I appreciate it. Okay, uh, speaking of war with Iran, Pentagon spokesperson Sabrina Singh was on with, um, uh, uh, I guess this is Dana Bash, yeah, uh, on CNN yesterday. And asking about, like, will we respond? Like, what's the what's the plan for Iran? Are we going to respond to it? The Warhawks are uh, chomping at the bit to make this a thing. Um, sh- this is what she said. Cut nine, Phil, go. Sabrina, I just want to, uh, yes, the yeah. uh, conflict between Israel and Gaza is between Israel and Gaza right now. But that's not including what we're seeing happening across the border in the north with Hezbollah. We're, that's not including what we've seen with the Houthis and, of course, what we're talking about now. So there is very much uh, concern or we have seen evidence of a broader um, escalation well beyond Israel and Gaza. What do you say to Americans who see that and are just downright scared? 
No one is disputing the fact that tensions are high in the region. No one is disputing the fact that we are continuing to see the Houthis threaten commercial shipping, our own military ships that are in that region in the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden. We are seeing skirmishes between Hezbollah and the IDF. But again, the conflict does remain contained to Gaza, and that's what our our priority is, to keep it contained to Gaza. We do not want a regional conflict. We do not seek a wider war. Um, And what we're seeing is proxy groups trying to take advantage of what's happening in Israel and trying to expand it out to our forces. And we don't want to see this widen out to a a broader conflict, which is why you've seen the secretary surge assets to the region. Um, You saw two uh, carrier strike groups that were in the region just recently. We still have one in the CENTCOM uh, area of responsibility. Um, and the secretary, again, his main f- focus, his priority is, of course, the protection of U.S. forces. And when appropriate, we will respond. Sabrina, thank you so much. For- yeah, it's not a war. It's just a skirmish. Yeah, it's like playing paintball in the Poconos with your buddy for the weekend. <laughs> it's a skirmish. Um, no, w- th- that was a flat out lie. Go up and look online and at any of the credible news organizations. They'll all actually have it. American forces have now been attacked 160 different times. This is not just in an isolated area. This is a broader region where we have troops based throughout the Middle East, and all of these little ragtag operations have attacked American forces and American interests. And now this is... This is probably what the most aggressive we've seen in years. Three Americans dead with what I think the number was at 25 that were injured in total, uh, if I read the report correctly. And you mentioned on those three from Georgia, one of which um, has local New Jersey ties, I believe. Yeah. So yeah. that so we have one sergeant locally, um, and I just saw the parents speaking out. You know, they're they're doing interviews of uh, the young woman's service member who was killed. So those families speaking out this morning, I don't care what anybody says, when you see this and it's real to you, um, this is not combined with the economy, combined with everything else. This is not good for Biden. I know a lot of people think, oh, well, if you go to war, then that helps the incumbent. Everybody remembers that under, under Trump, no matter who you are, you know what happened that we never heard anymore about the Syrian refugees because they got to go home. We never heard anymore about all the all the terrorists because they were put in their place and shut down. This administration and Biden just had to put it back and reverse, basically put back the order like Trump had done to make sure that the Houthis were labeled as terrorists. I mean, I, I just I cannot for the life of me understand how anybody thinks this administration has done a good job with our international relations. It's horrible. Sergeant William Jerome Rivers, 46, of Carrollton, uh, Georgia. Sergeant uh, or, uh, uh, Kennedy Layden Sanders, 24, of Waycross. And Brianna Alexandria Moffitt, 23. Those well, are the three that died. Thank you, Nick, for saying their names because that was a lot more than the White House press secretary did on Morning Joe yesterday where she gave condolences to three folks who are military folks who are fighting folks. who are fighting on behalf of this administration. This is Cut 10. Phil, go. What I will say, our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three brave of uh, three folks who are, who are military folks who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the American people, obviously more so, more importantly, uh, we lost those souls. 
Oh my god. She's a cartoon character. Oh my point. god. She she really is I it's got to be some level of trolling where it's just <laughs> you're just so I can't is she really that ill-equipped? Is she really that bad at her she's, job? She's a robot. I mean, all you have to do is say the names, the age, even the location would be nice. But even even if you don't want the name or the or the age or location, just give the name. Prep before you do a do a TV hit. And, and come come and there with give me the names of the you know. Oh, you and know she I mean? no doubt has it right in front of her. Yes, I, and she's I have in no friendly. Question. She's in friendly territory. What was that? ABC? No, that was MSNBC. MSNBC. Yeah. Same thing. Not like she was sitting down with Sean Hannity for an hour, sit down, and she's nervous. Like, good uh, God, woman, get it together. Uh, can Phil one more time if you can pull up cut ten one more time? I want to play it again just for people because it was like a twenty five second clip, and if you blink, you miss it. Cut ten, go. What I will say, our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out, and our heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three brave of uh, three folks who are, who are military folks who are brave, who are oh always God. fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the. Oh and, and, and for the record, that's not Stalker's machine glitching. Three, three brave, three folks, three brave, three, three brave folks, three. Fro- that's oh like my god, the brain to the mouth, and there's a disconnection in transit from thought to spoken word. It's like she's a robot, and she got stuck she on, on on must need emotion, must need emotion, need you know, emotion. You know, maybe Elon Musk can insert a chip into her brain. <laughs> Oh my god, Elon should just give them all to the entire administration. Could you imagine Kamala with a chip in her brain? I am. I am so appalled by that clip. I am so appalled by that clip. Well, the reason I think you're appalled is not just because she's bad at her job, but their messaging always comes off like they're anti-American. It just, there's never, I I never in three years, and I, I hope I'm not being labeled as a political hack when I say this. I might be, and that's fine. I never get the sense of patriotism from this administration. And I know, generally speaking, Republicans are more patriotic than Democrats and conservatives. You know, they 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 wear America on their sleeve more. But I never get the sense that this group. And I know we always hear America last, and that's a slogan for sure. And it's a lot of it is valid. They just miss the mark. Their their tone. If you were to sit them down and have all these PR whiz kids out there grade and evaluate how would you score this administration on hitting the right tone and hitting the mark they would categorically get d's and f's across the board very rarely do they get something right from a messaging standpoint well you think about it joe biden's son Bo served in the military Mm -hmm. and so ultimately what it tells me is that they they understand that 34 injured u.s service members as well as three killed is very bad for this administration and and it looks bad in fact that they had a drone incoming why didn't they shoot it down mm. and so it's the the whiff of inc- another whiff of incompetence that we con- constantly get with this administration i remember <laughs> joe biden saying donald trump is going to get us into world war three and here we are russia ukraine Israel, Hamas, the United States, and Iran. You know China, Taiwan is a powder keg. You know Kim Jong-un is paying attention. I mean, you could have five um, 
Five wars going on at one time in a re-election campaign, which, by the way, you might be able to survive if your economy was thriving and humming, if your border was secure, if you were America and you were kicking ass and taking names, but there was war going on. Maybe you get re-elected. And maybe he still gets re-elected regardless. But he doesn't have anything working domestically here to counter his foreign policy failures. That's a double whammy, I would think. Well, you talked, uh, we played the clip of him in 2020 saying that uh, uh, if, if Trump's back is against the wall, he's going to get us into war with Iran. Uh, he also said on January 13th, you played the clips yesterday of both him and Kamala saying, don't, don't. Um, somebody asked him about Iran on January 13th, and this was the message that he gave that person. This is cut to Phil Go. I've already delivered the message to Iran. They know not to do anything. I already delivered the message yeah. to Iran. They know not to do anything. I sent a direct <laughs> message on Twitter. I said, don't do it. They know not to do anything. We're good. I solved it. Just like that. Oh, my God. It's not going to be on my watch. Not on your watch, right, Joe? Except it was. Except it is. Um, John Kirby took to the podium yesterday, too, uh, saying that we are not looking for a war with Iran. We are not seeking a conflict with the regime in in, in a military way. It always um, scares me when these guys say stuff like this because it always proves to be the opposite. Mm-hmm. And you have to you have to parse their words very carefully mm-hmm. because they know what they're saying. And especially this guy, this yeah. guy has been a, a, a you know in in politics and has been a political hack for years. He knows exactly what he's saying. Uh, this is cut eight. Phil go. Please confirm, is the president currently actively considering potential attacks inside Iran? We are not looking for a war with Iran. We are not seeking a conflict with the regime in a military way. Um, and as I said in the, in the opening, we're not, uh, we're not looking to escalate here. This attack over the weekend was escalatory. Make no mistake about it. And it requires a response. Make no mistake about that. I will not get ahead of the president's decision making we're not seeing either way whether striking inside iran is or isn't we are not looking for a war with iran mj i am not going to speak to the president's decisions (sighs) measured calculated to your point pick apart what he's saying how he's framing it we're not seeking it yep but but, if it happens but if it happens we're not going to turn it down right exactly yeah, you have to vary. Uh, there's too many. The the war machine, the military industrial complex is too powerful. It just is. You know, I don't, I don't, I, you know, talking, let's go all the way back to 730 when we were talking about conspiracy theories. You know what I mean? Like, did the military industrial complex uh, kill JFK mm-hmm. um, because he didn't want to go to Vietnam? Mm-hmm. That's a possibility too. So, like, you think of this, you think of all of these people who have tried to stand against them and they just they this is going to happen no matter who speaks out against it you yep. know what i mean so uh i just worry about that you know yep. for our kids and for everything you know because a war with iran is world war three i mean there's yeah. no there's no doubt in my mind that's right uh antiquarius emeritus says KJP stumbled because she didn't want to call them soldiers, mm-hmm. called them, quote, military folks, yeah. shaking my head. Hazen bin Sober says, did the binder say the military folks who died were fighting for this, this administration? Administ- yes. yeah. yeah. When did our military start fighting for a politician? Yeah. Or am I reading this wrong? 
Good yeah, points. Everything she said in that was wrong. Mm-hmm. She has a giant bond. She has a giant binder full of <laughs> nothing, facts. Nothing There's just it. nothing in it. <laughs> she, nothing. It's and, like it's like that old binder you had in college where you had all your notes and stuff in it, and all your printouts and your essays and uh, little post its, and then. You got rid of it, but you like you emptied it out, and the spirals were there, and the little dividers were there, but there's just nothing substantive left. That's Kareen's binder. Uh, Greg, uh, I'm sorry, Jay Kovach on on YouTube uh, says, Greg, is that a conspiracy about JFK? I said I believe some conspiracies. I don't know if I believe that one, but I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I believe some conspiracies. There you go. This is fun, people. Yes. We have to remind you. This is radio, people! Getting back to the, the the KJP thing, I mean, she is you. This wasn't a gotcha question. It no. wasn't a gotcha interview. She was asked about these 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 brave soldiers that were killed. Have some empathy, mm-hmm. and it just, she just had none. No, she, she got every part of her wording wrong. And, every and, part. And just to compare it to Kirby, even though I think Kirby's full of crap. Kirby, in a savvy, politically astute way, delivers the message. Whether you believe it or not, that's fine. Corrine Jean-Pierre is the opposite. Mm -hmm. She can't deliver anything in an astute fashion. Right there's your difference in um, career politician versus DEI hire. Right there you go. Yeah, but I think, you know, to the the point of, you know, somebody reacting on Twitter, just knee-jerk reaction, that's her tell. When she stumbles on something... Mm -hmm. That's definitely her backing away from that, knowing that this is a big problem for the administration, knowing that the wording is not quite right. But she's not good enough to finesse the words, and so that's why she's stumbling. You know, if you compare her to Kaylee McEnany or Sarah Huckabee, forget forget R versus D, forget any other identity politics thing, and just listen to the way the message is delivered – whether you believe the message or not, just the sheer uh, ability to succinctly and eloquently deliver it is night and day. Yep. You'd be like, that's America, that's America, and where did that one come from? Guys, you don't even have to go back to them. You can just literally, if you don't want to be partisan, go back to Jen Psaki. That's a good point. I, Jen, I always forget about Psaki. Jen Psaki was, you know, you can disagree with her, and she lied as as much as any other press secretary has, but she was very good at her job. She was very good at her job. She could, she could, she could um, affect emotion. She could, you know, she would be way better at that than KJP is. It's amazing. I just... always forget her for some reason. I'm so inundated by Kareen Jean Pierre that I almost forget the Saki era existed. Yep. She was there for le- what less than a year. Yep. Well, or about a year. I don't know how long she was there. I for. mean, we're in year four of the Biden administration. Those jobs are. That's a tough ruling job, and it that's is. why you do see. The turnover. Well, how long? Uh, Sarah Huckabee was only there for what? About a year and a half, and then I, I, McEnany I, was the second half. I that's think that's a job. To Dawn's point, that's a job that yeah. that has a high turnover high rate because you just burn out yeah. because yeah. it's just like you're working fourteen plus hours yeah. a day. Yeah. And but the you know, I think that Sarah Huckabee Sanders, you know, what she had on top of let's say a Jen Psaki, think about the pushback. Against Sarah Huckabee Sanders, oh, she was threatened. Remember, her. she was out at a restaurant with her young kids. She was being threatened, and when she was at the podium, people were literally calling her a liar. Anderson Cooper literally called her a liar. Yeah, 
And so she had to, I thought that's why she, you know, talk about pressure. Yeah. To your point, Democrat press secretaries get far less pushback yeah, and resistance. Cake. Yeah. Cakewalk. Yes. Unless you're as bad as her and then you have to be called out even by the mainstream. Uh, salty vet who I, um, I don't know him, but I, I love his avatar. It's the Grateful Dead steal your face skull with an Eagles, uh, mm-hmm. Logo line. Don't forget today in music history coming up at nine fifty. Uh, he says the worst part of that KJP debacle is that she said they were fighting for the administration. We all took we all took the oath to the Constitution, never the administration. That's what's pissing off vets. Mm. And obviously, salty vet means that's that a he's vet. a vet himself. So well said. I, I, there was just so much wrong with that clip, that that statement, and mm-hmm. it's literally her job. Her yeah. job is to speak well. And right. going to get beyond that. Her, that's her job is to speak well and have facts. Uh, oh my God! It'd be one like honestly, it'd be one thing you could almost, uh, and this might be heresy to say, but you could almost excuse it if it was Biden because he's like he 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 forgets yeah. things, he slurs a speech, he does yeah. that. Like it is literally her job to speak for the administration, mm-hmm. and she can't do that. Whoa. <laughs> Oh, KJP, we'll miss you one day. We will. Not really. All right, that'll do it for What's on the Cut Sheet Part 1. Part due about an hour from now. We'll come back and get to Dawn Stensland's Big 3 at 8. And also, Costco doing something I didn't know was possible. We'll delve into the retail world for a story or two. When we come back, as we wrap up the 8 o'clock hour here on Kale & Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPH. Kansas City Chiefs plus one and a half. That's who I have for Super Bowl a Sunday. But you don't have to just bet on the outcome. You can bet on everything on FanDuel Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. There's so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. You can bet on which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, so much more. New customers can join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets in your first bet of $5 or more. Uh, just visit FanDuel.com slash Greg. If, if your first bet of $5... If your first bet of $5 or more wins, just go to FanDuel.com slash Greg to sign up. FanDuel.com slash Greg. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210 WPHD, so you know you're in good hands. 21 and over, President PA, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issue does not with trouble. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.